It's time for a bedtime story. My Mummy is a Monster by Natalie Reeves Billing My Mummy is a Monster an inquisitive little girl is convinced her mum is a monster. But is she really? When we look through mummy's eyes, we see a very different story. My Mummy is a Monster by Natalie Reeves Billing, illustrated by Lisa Williams. My mummy's a monster that no one can see. And nobody knows but my brother and me. I told dad, but he said he already knew. So now we think maybe our dad is one too. No one else knows because monsters can hide. And lots of mums have monsters hiding inside. Would you like to know how children can tell? if their mums and dads are monsters as well. Well, just after breakfast, my monster mum strikes. She brushes my hair with a club made of spikes. She laughs as she finds all my tangles and tats and yanks it up high into super tight plaits. At a quarter to nine, when she's in a big rush, she puts a disgusting green paste on my brush. It tastes of old feet. I spit out at the sink. And she gives me some flaming hot liquid to drink. She makes me walk thousands of miles after school. She won't carry my bags because she's mean and she's cruel. She won't drive us there, though it's so far away. And when we arrive, there's no time left to play and the night's closing in but there's no sign of stopping see monster mum's making us go monster shopping she tosses us into a hard iron cage we try to help out but she gets in a rage and then later with bodies so muddy and brown the monster throws us in a cauldron to drown she boils us and scrubs at our skin till it's red. Then squirts lots of bubbling goo on my head. But then, when she puts me to bed of a night, wraps me up snugly and turns down my light and kisses my nose as I lay in a ball, then I wonder if my mum's a monster at all. So now, why don't we see what mummy has to say about this? Because as you've probably heard, there are always two sides to every story. So wouldn't it be interesting to look at those things we've just seen and heard about and hear what mummy's side of the story is? So here we go. Let's flip the book. My children are monsters. My children are monsters, but no one can see. And nobody knows except daddy and me. I told Gran, but she said she already knew. 
So now we think Granny must see monsters too. No one else knows because monsters can hide. And even sweet children have monsters inside. There are lots of ways worried parents can tell if their little angels are monsters as well. Just after breakfast, my monster kids strike. See, brushing their fur isn't something they like. They scream and they shout like a Halloween ghost and tell me it's granny that they love the most. When I'm late for work and in such a big rush, they shriek at the toothpaste I've put on their brush. The same one they use every day at the sink. But this morning, my monsters kick up a stink. I'm tired, but we go to the park after school. They won't carry their bags and they tell me I'm cruel. Walking like zombies, they moan the whole way. So when we get there, there's no time left to play. I'm weak and I'm hungry, but no time to stop. There are so many things these kids need from the shop. And safe in the trolley, my monster kids sit. Then they take out my veg and they pound me with it. My monsters are dirty. I fill up the tub. I soak them in lovely warm water and scrub. But what do I hear? Monster shrieks, monster cries. Because water is gone in their big monstrous eyes. But then when I put them to bed of a night, wrap them up snugly and turn down their light and kiss them as they lay curled up in a ball, then I wonder if my kids are monsters at all. So that was My Mummy is a Monster by Natalie Reeves Billing. And I'm pleased to say that Natalie joins us today. Welcome, Natalie. Oh, thank you for having me. Now, these are such great stories. My kids are older now, but I so relate to the hair combing and teeth cleaning. It's hilarious. Do you think they really see us as monsters? Oh, most definitely. If you quiz my daughter, she that is exactly what she would say and probably the idea of the books initially. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. On a podcast, people can't really see, but the books are hardback and they flip over, don't they? So tell us more about that, because it's really exciting for children, I think. Well, it, it kind of, I had the idea for the Monstrous Me collection anyway, but they weren't exactly as they were now until my daughter said something quite poignant without realising she'd said it. And she was six at the time. And um, we were having some sort of heated debate. And she said to me, Mummy, you always say that there are two sides to a story. But as far as I can see, there's only one, and it's yours. <laughs> that's <laughs> and really thought, clever for a young age of six, isn't it, saying that? No, yeah, that's where you're in one of those quandaries of can you tell them off or do yeah. you just laud in their brilliance for a little yeah. bit? Yeah, and reason um, with them. It's, 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 it's amazing because they're little adults, aren't they? You know, they're, they're, they're tuned in, they're, they're switched on. They are, yeah. But, you know, she is, she is definitely the origin of the full concept. It was a yeah. seed of an idea until that point where she added that extra layer, which has made yeah. it what it is. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's brilliant. So tell me more then about how you look at viewpoints and perspectives in your books. Well, the idea is to 
tackle a topic which is often very difficult to explain with it being so abstract um little ones often don't understand why we do the things we do or yes. even why they do the things that they do um to them it's a, per, a point in life where it's acceptable to be selfish because they don't realize what selfish is it's all about self they're discovering who they are and what they do. yeah yeah and so in to take them into into another place into another person through their eyes is what i'm trying to do with picture with story um and give schools and parents a jumping off point for a further conversation about scenarios that might unravel around their household in particular yeah because obviously through life they're going to be faced with it in everything they do aren't they yeah and i think the earlier the better with things like roundedness and you know exploring who they are i think maybe the emphasis has been on looking at that at a, at a later stage but i think the quicker a child can understand how their brain works and that it's okay to think those things and to express them yeah i think that we arrive at a more balanced and a more confident child definitely definitely so you're from toxteth in liverpool so how important is it you know for you to see positive role models and re reinforcements maybe in social media it's so important um because subconsciously i feel that a lot of people from merseyside grow up with this feeling that there are certain doors that will always be closed to us, whether that's because of socioeconomic factors or even things as ridiculous as accent, um, that there are certain stereotypes and narratives that are told about our region, which yeah. instantly it, it walks into the door before we do. And I think that this sort of thing, seeing people go into areas which are typically not a northern sort of pursuit if you like it's not something that we normally see a northern journey uh, you know a northern mindset we're so used to hearing these Ena Blyton journeys to secret gardens and things like yeah. that which are almost fantastical for for some of our kids who are growing up in an altogether different reality so I, I wanted to explore this device for them to look at their own lives and and look at other people's point of view too so taking that into consideration then, do you think that your thoughts were the real drive behind you writing these stories as well and gave you that push to, you know, to really believe in yourself and think, no, I can do this. I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I think it, it definitely made me more determined because I'm one of those types of people that if someone tells me no, I'll just keep going at it. Um, yeah. But I set up a social enterprise at the beginning of the pandemic, which deals with this sort of thing. The ethos is that storytelling is such a versatile tool for uh, catharsis and growth in children and families. And I wanted to really focus on narrowing the education gap that's only increasing with COVID, with lack of access to tech. Yeah. Uh, and I really wanted to provide materials that will help keep families connected and together um, and something which is an active read not a passive experience you know i was reading something in america recently actually um that was relating to um children in poor areas that weren't as advantaged and didn't have the technical equipment at home you know for home study while the lockdown was going on and it was really lovely to see that some schools had provided the the, the yellow school buses in america they parked them in various areas where there was um wi-fi and there's wi-fi on the bus should i say so these children could go and sit on the bus with the parents and do the homework which i thought was just incredible and i think some had provided ipads as well 
you know, they had their own login and everything. And I thought that was fantastic because I know that we're not quite there yet, are we? We probably expected everybody to have the equipment at home, but I mean, we had no choice. You know, we had to, they had to presume that in one way, didn't they? They did. You know, there are so many things, not just tech. I mean, some children are able to pursue extracurricular activities like, um, you know, extra learning yeah. away from school. And, and that's not possible for a lot of families. No, and definitely not. Things like this, having a social enterprise which donates or, or gives literary, literacy products to others is something that I'm really, really passionate about. I, yeah. I feel like education is the starting point for progress, really. Definitely, definitely. So back to this lovely story then, My Mummy is a Monster. So this is, isn't the only one in the series, is it? Tell us more. No, I don't know exactly how many of them there are going to be. I think I'll know just inside when I'm done, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I have to get through a few faces yet, like aunties and uh, best friends and dogs and pets. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Brilliant, brilliant. So it's been really great talking to you today, Natalie. So where can our listeners buy this book and how can they get in touch with you? Can you let us know any website details or social media details? Sure. My website is lollipoplodge.net. You can sign up to the newsletter, find out everything that's going on and get free downloads for activities and links to the store. Also, you can get me on my Facebook page, which is at Natalie R. Billing Author. Um, and again, I have lots of competitions running on there and, and giveaways. And also my Insta account, which is Natalie underscore Billing underscore Reeves. Well, when we when we promote this book, we'll definitely put the links on so people can can look at other things that you're involved with as well. So thanks again, Natalie. And I look forward to hearing more about all these monsters. Oh, thank you. Take care. Bedtime Stories is sponsored by Team Author UK, independent publishers. If you have a fabulous story to tell, get in touch, as they excel at helping writers just like you. Visit their website at www.teamauthoruk.co.uk or on their social media pages at Team Author UK.